Hello, and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rowe. And this week we have a very special episode, again. But yeah, this one's <laughs> going to be a little bit more free-flowing. But uh, Andy and I were chatting before before we got on, and we had this idea to... Well, I had the idea, and I'm forcing Andy to do it. I'm not sure what you want to... Listeners, say. I am waiting with bated breath to find out what the idea is that we're doing, just so you know. So uh, Halloween is coming up, um, as you, you all know, and the the idea that we had collectively together that we both agreed upon <laughs> was to uh, come up with a, a D6 table on air about some sort of like spooky Halloweeny related thing. So uh, Andy, we're gonna we're gonna kind of brainstorm what that what that table is gonna be first, and then we'll actually come up with the, the individual items on it. Um, okay. So yeah, uh, my my first idea. <laughs> For this is <laughs> um, so a D6 table of like different jack o' lantern faces. Okay, I want us to back up here because I want us to pick which die type we're going to use for this table. You said D6 as if that were just a given thing that we we're going to do, and I, I need to pause us and I need to find out why you said D6. Uh, I said D6 because it's a smaller one, so I mean, we could go to D4 if you wanted to, or D100 if you want to be here all night. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I take your point. Uh, yeah, yeah. D six seems about right. I, I feel like most of the time when you're coming up with lists of things, once you hit about five, you're like, eh, well, I'm just sort of repeating myself. All right. It's going to be a D6, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So how will someone use this table of topics? That's a very good question. I think this is something that you can use in your upcoming Halloween game, right? Okay. So in, any sort of game that you're running that's like, horror themed or around Halloween related topics. Yeah, that sounds good. And, uh, you know, I need to step in here and just ask, are you running a Halloween game yourself, Chris? Yes. This is a softball question. Cause I, I, dear listeners, I know that Chris is so carry on. Yeah, I, I will be running a Halloween game. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Okay. If, if this table is good, I might even use it in, in the game, but okay. we'll, we'll have to see, see how it ends up. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Andy, I guess like, so in Halloween games that you've run, what's the sort of table that would have been useful for you to have? There have been times when it would be nice to have a table of like something to happen to prompt uh, action from the players. Mm -hmm. It is my experience that in like horror one shots, and I'm thinking like Call of Cthulhu style, they often tend to be like, uh, location-based things with not a lot going on. The, the most fun horror one-shots I've played have been the ones where you hand the players an interesting set of character sheets and an interesting and spooky environment in which they can interact. And ideally, you kind of sit back and let them uh, generate a good spooky experience by exploring like the conflicts that their character sheets suggest Hmm. Um, or by playing up the character types and personalities. So sometimes it would have been nice if like, if I had a table, it was like, what is a spooky thing that can just happen right now that will <laughs> yeah. force people to react to it? Ooh, I like that. So like a D6 table of, of spooky things. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty broad, right? Yeah. I mean, we could, we could narrow it down to like a spooky thing that can happen in a specific location. Or do you want like, uh, yeah. I like, like a, that. I or, like or that. Or 
Yeah, or at a specific event. Like six spooky things that could happen at like prom or six yep. spooky things that could happen at a abandoned warehouse where all Call of Cthulhu games are set. Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, here's a question for you. Is your plan for your Halloween one shot, does mm-hmm. it have enough shape yet that we could make one for whatever the setting or event that it's based around? kind of i'm a little wary about it because a couple of the, the players might listen to this so. okay yep. okay <laughs> i don't know yeah i mean so the well the main location they all know this is going to be a corn maze in there there's plenty of of terrifying things that happen inside of a corn maze <laughs> indeed my vote is either either warehouse or corn maze what do you want to do i'm kind of intrigued by the warehouse okay because when I think, what is a boring location for yeah. a game to be set in? I think warehouse. Like I'm, I've, <laughs> Chris, I'm quite confident you have played many a video game that has like inexplicably taken place in warehouses, the world's yeah. least interesting environment. <laughs> uh, yes, it's up there with like with like sewers, ubiquitous environments that are yeah. super boring. So I would like us to take let's why don't we take warehouse and let's mm-hmm. uh come up with some scary things that can happen in a warehouse that maybe mm-hmm. could not happen in a place that is not a warehouse <laughs> I have, yeah i have yeah. no idea what that might be but uh yes. yeah all right well the first thing that comes to to my mind about a warehouse is like a piece of machinery turning on okay all right off in the distance and the nice thing about that is right like so you can you can flavor that to whatever whatever kind of warehouse you're running and yep. i mean those warehouses are always what like stocked with probably dynamite like elder gods those sorts of things but you know they, yeah. they got to have some machinery somewhere yeah so i have to ask chris have you ever been in an honest to goodness warehouse yeah yeah okay. so yeah, describe we... that warehouse to me like when i say warehouse what are you what are you thinking yeah, so when I'm thinking about a warehouse, um, so this is uh, at a job that we actually both had. So there's a warehouse where they would package um, package up materials, you know, to, to send out to people. So this was a, a probably like a 300 foot long building by like maybe 50 feet. The ceilings were probably 20 or 30 feet high. So there's kind of two levels. One of them was like kind of a balcony that like wrapped around most of the thing and then there was like all these conveyor belts going everywhere um so they would you know take boxes from sort of like the higher level down to the lower level and you know maneuver through the whole thing so there's all sorts of like packing equipment in there and then all the conveyor belts in there um those sorts of things and there was also like corners of the warehouse that just no one ever went that Mm. always freaked me out yep so our item here can be you know, a mm. machine turns on or the yeah. sound of a machine happens. But what are what are some creepy machines? And I'm going to, that can be in a warehouse. And I'm going to throw it out here. Um, okay. A a baler, like a, um, yeah. those, whatever they call the giant, like terrifying machine that you put cardboard boxes into. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it and, like wraps them all up, like crushes them. And, and it crushes them. them and mm-hmm. like, like if you were in there, you would die a horrible death. Like, mm-hmm. and this, yeah. every time I used the baler, I thought I am a couple of feet and some sort of bizarre accident away from like getting crushed in this thing. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yes. uh, I couldn't believe that like teenagers like myself were allowed to just use this, <laughs> use this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so what machine could turn on? So like we have, so a baler could turn on cause that's absolutely a terrifying machine. And if mm-hmm. that, if that thing turned on and you, uh. And like no one was there to have turned it on. It just turned on by itself. I would, yeah. I would faint. Um, yes. 
So yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. And then okay. it also begs the question about you know how are the players going to use that um, too? Uh, so oh, I like that oh, as well. Yeah, I let uh, my my mind just went to very dark places. So let's. Uh... <laughs> that's okay. The, all the players' minds went there too. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, that's great. Okay. I mean, so another machine you mentioned, I want to say. And we can move on to the next topic, the next topic in our table if you want. But another machine is that like system of conveyor belts, yeah. um, that like automated system, right? So what if you're in a yeah. warehouse and like that thing turns on, and it's got like <laughs> little carts and baskets that are riding along the like thing, right? Oh no! Like, and one of those what? carts is probably full of something. Yes. What <laughs> coming is towards in, you? It's coming towards you exactly. What is in that <laughs> thing? I don't know, but like I am yeah. already. In my mind's eye, I am flinching away from whatever it is. Yeah, I like this because, I mean, like you were saying about like, you know, this is a good table to have to sort of incite some action in the players. So if all of a sudden the conveyor belt flips on and there's a there's a cart coming towards them, they have to do something. <laughs> okay, so I think the, the next sort of obvious one to me is uh, lights. All the lights turn on or all the lights turn off. And uh, And these aren't just like little lights. These are lights that like you can physically hear them like thunking on and off yeah. right i assume yes. like these oh, are yeah, good totally. horror movie lights yeah yeah there's probably and there is like a giant like pole switch on one of the <laughs> on one <laughs> yes, of the walls yeah. of course too that they can they can find or not find depending on how well they roll <laughs> okay yes i like it yeah uh maybe like a, a door opening or closing in the distance oh, like on okay. the opposite end Opposite end of wherever, whatever end they're on, like it's the opposite end, and all they hear is sort of it closing or opening. <laughs> yeah, imagine hearing one of those where those big warehouses doors, you know, like clanging shut, like and just reverberating through this cavernous space. So someone is either just either just came in or just like left quickly for some <laughs> reason, which yeah. may not be much better. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's often a like forklift or uh, mm -hmm. other type of machine around. So those mm -hmm. can always one of those could always come after you, I suppose. Feels <laughs> feels a little little unimaginative, but you know. What's the thing from Aliens? The the power power oh, loader. Power lifter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I've I've never been in a warehouse that had one of those, but uh, yeah. <laughs> the closest we got was the. Uh, was the uh, little miniature forklift. <laughs> yeah. No, I do like that idea, though, is like, yeah, a, a forklift with, like, the keys in the ignition. Like, they, they go around a corner, and it's mm. like, well, you gonna are you going to ride the forklift, or are you not going to ride the forklift? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I think that that's probably good on the machinery one, do you think? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You roll a one on this table, and some kind of machine pops to life or switches off, whichever is uh, yeah. the most scary dramatic, right? Okay. Yeah, and I'm gonna say let's do let's split split it up a little bit too. So let's yeah. do yeah, a piece of machinery like yeah, forklift or the baler or something like that. Uh, lights on or off is gonna be two. Okay. And then maybe the door can be the third one, opening, and closing, and door. So we need three more spooky things that can happen in a warehouse. This discussion is making me think about like engaging different senses. So mm. it would be really interesting. A spooky thing that could happen is the temperature dropping. Okay. Yes. By ten to twenty degrees, very rapidly inside. And the that warehouse. has that has very wide applications for all kinds of like supernatural horror, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could even be like in one spot, <laughs> the temperature dropping. <laughs> even better, you know. And what's maybe fun too is if it. What if it keeps dropping, right? Uh, oh, jeez. Like what if? <laughs> I mean, if you want to prompt action, what if it's not getting any warmer and it just keeps getting colder, right? 
I love that. Yeah. Temperature. I'm going to change that from temperature drops to temperature starts dropping. <laughs> okay. Excellent. To um, now, so when I think of uh, spooky warehouses, part of the spookiness to me is the uh, vertical space of being yes. inside a warehouse. It's an, yeah. it's a weird place to be for, for those of us who typically have, you know, a ceiling two two or three feet above our heads. Right. Or yeah. however many feet that is. Yeah. So uh, I find that spooky and I, like I'm imagining that warehouse we were just describing being stuck in it at night. And like, mm-hmm. I would be freaked out if something moved in a part of the warehouse that like a human <laughs> could, was not really supposed to be at, yes. AKA like high up on the yeah. shelves or something like that. Right. <laughs> I'm going to say just something moved on the ceiling. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. And then I'm going to go tuck myself into bed <laughs> right now. <laughs> How many slots do we have left on this? Table? That's that's five. So we have one one slot left for a spooky thing that can happen inside of a warehouse. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, has a spooky thing ever happened to you in a warehouse, Chris? The spookiest thing that's happened to me in a warehouse is honestly just being alone in a warehouse with hmm. like late at night, no one else is there, and nothing is nothing is on, and it's hmm. just it's just sort of the worst being by yourself. So I mean, I mean. This is a bit of a stretch, but I mean, you could do like all the party splits up, you know? yep, <laughs> that sort yep. of thing. Like everybody disappears and goes to their own corner. I used to work at a department store and I mm. worked in like the stock room of the department store, which is basically mm-hmm. like a small warehouse. It often transpired that I was working there at night Yeah, um, because you had to get a ship of a, a truck unloaded like for before business the next morning. So we'd be there mm-hmm. at night after the store was closed or like just late at night. So it was dark outside. And there was this, I, I think it was just like an urban legend, but it was oft repeated and like it was a regularly shared. So like when you are driving a truck and you bring it to the warehouse to unload, mm-hmm. you like pull up to the loading dock and then you go up and there's like a buzzer and yeah. you, you buzz in and then the people inside like buzz to let, to open the door to see you. And the thing was, there was always this rumor going around that at such and such uh, another store, like murdering robbers had like <laughs> appeared and buzzed in pretending to be um, be there on legit business. And like the foolish teenage stockroom workers had like let them in and, uh, yeah. you know, they were murdered or like, you know, the store lost value stuff was stolen or whatever. So I always had that fear uh, whenever I had to be working there at night that I was going to hear a buzzer because I knew no one was supposed to be ringing that buzzer. So if <laughs> someone were to ring it, I would like lose my mind. <laughs> I don't know. If that seems a little specific for our, to be the number six <laughs> item on the, uh, the table. Yeah. But as well, we're burying our souls in our warehouse yeah, experiences. No. I like that. I mean, maybe we could, we could abstract that just a bit from like the, the buzzer <laughs> going off in Andy's specific warehouse to like a truck pulls up to the loading dock. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think I like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's scary because it's a normal thing happening in a normal mm-hmm. place, but it's not happening at the right time, right? Yes. Truck yeah. pulls, trucks pull up all day in your warehouse mm-hmm. that you're in all day, yeah. and it's not scary. But one truck pulls up at like eleven o'clock at night when you're cleaning up the stockroom. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Why? Yeah. Why are it's you? It's terrifying here? for me, at least. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear listeners, I am a fragile, fragile person. Yeah, I imagine there's going to be someone listening to this who actually works in a warehouse um, regularly who's just going to be like, you, you, you soft, 
That's right. Soft white you color. You can see the things I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so do we have six items on our uh, stuff to happen? Scary stuff to happen in a warehouse. I'll, I'll try to put this. Yeah, I'll try to put this in the show notes as well. But so the the D six spooky things that could happen in a warehouse are a piece of machinery turns on like a baler or a forklift. The lights go on or off. A door opens or closes in the distance. The temperature starts dropping. Something moved on the ceiling, or <laughs> a truck pulls up to the loading dock. <laughs> that ceiling yeah. one's freaking me out, man. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty good. I mean, you could honestly kind of just go down down this list and create a, a good enough scenario, I think, to scare anyone at Halloween. <laughs> yeah, but, honestly, uh, <laughs> you know, not to go too far down that rabbit trail, but yeah. um, making a scary like one shot doesn't require very much more prep than you just heard us doing, honestly, yeah. right? Like if yeah. you. Now just roll up some interesting characters and give them and just stick them in the warehouse at night and then have some spooky stuff happening. And like it honestly, it almost writes itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just need to give them, give them like one thing that they need to do in the warehouse. And then those things happen <laughs> as well. It's like, yeah, like you need to go to the warehouse to retrieve. I don't know, some box that some, someone left and they are going to give you, I don't know a hundred dollars to do it you know whatever whatever the stakes need to be for your your players to actually do that but i mean if it's halloween you tell them it's going to be a little spooky and all these things start happening i mean yeah right there like there's plenty of stuff that can happen yeah and plenty of just options for them too i mean like and options for you too like that something that moved in the ceiling it's like well what was it (laughs) you get to you get to decide what that thing was you know based on sort of the horror level of, of your game Maybe that is a bat, or maybe that is like a Batman, or like some <laughs> and not the good kind of Batman. Yeah, not the good kind of Batman. The the like the opposite version of Batman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I like it, Chris. Do you think? Um, so thinking about your one shot, I know we mm-hmm. don't want to spoil you know too much because mm-hmm. uh, we know that some of the players may be listening here, but do you see yourself using a chart like this of like kind of random things to like to drive it along? I I might have something. I think I might do some more scenario specific ones. So I have a few like beats that I want to hit. When I run one shots, I don't know if this is how everybody does it. I, I tend to have a little bit more of a structure to the story mm-hmm. that we're gonna we're gonna go through. So usually that means there's like three specific sort of plot scenarios that we're gonna hit. So I might have some options within there depending on on, on what they're gonna do. Yeah, like just because like timing gets tight and stuff, I tend to to want to honestly railroad things a little bit but i like the idea of doing a little bit more of an open-ended thing like this where it's like there's there's just one thing you have to do and then there's all sorts of complications that can happen happen from there yep um um, yeah when you've run i mean so you mentioned earlier like when you run call of cthulhu games like this have you ever just gone into it with with no idea where it's going to go or do you always generally have a have a thought uh i usually have a thought there are a couple of like well-regarded Call of Cthulhu scenarios, like of the sort that you know usually appear as one of the starter adventures in the back of the rulebook, that mm-hmm. basically amount to like, here is a spooky house, you're stuck in it, have fun. There's not much plot behind it. Yeah, I have run a couple games like that. I I did run a really successful one that um, there was a video game many years ago. This will age me. Called um, Clive Barker's Undying. It's um, oh. it's super well regarded. It's yeah. it's like the, it's the best. It's what it's in those like best games you never heard of uh, genre. Yeah. Anyway, that's a horror game, and I 
didn't know what I was going to do for the Cthulhu scenario, and I was not ready to run it when game time yeah. started. So I did nothing. I just like stole spooky things that happened in that <laughs> game, and I, I just, I had them happen in the scenario. And uh, by the time the characters were done reacting to like a couple spooky things, I just threw at them. I had figured out how I was going to channel it into something resembling like a plot or adventure. So, and that nice. worked pretty well. And for yeah. some reason, I feel like, um, like spooky one shots are a little, it's e- a little easier to do that. Cause mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like so much of horror is like re- is reacting. So if you just give people something that is really reactable to, you know, mm-hmm. um, it buys you some time as a GM. And then it, you, you can, by watching how they respond to it, you can kind of find out what kind of, like spooky experience that they want to have, right? Yeah, there's someone said one time. It would have been like, um, I'm not sure who it, it might have been Robin Laws or, or someone, but they mentioned that like the the best way to do horror is to have sort of as few details as possible. Hmm. Like, so when you're describing a room, giving exact dimensions is the wrong way to go about it. Like, you just describe like there's a zombie in it, right? And then everybody can come up with what they think that yeah. room means and what the zombie looks like. And all that, like, because people are really good at filling in the gaps about what scares them. Like you yeah. said, like they're especially once you get in that mindset. I think too, like there's that mindset, at least for me, that I have to be in where I'm like receptive to horror, um, in order to want to experience it. Otherwise, I'll just kind of shut down and want to go do something else. But like, if yes. you like want to be scared a little bit, like you're you're gonna go see what moved on the ceiling, right? Because that, yep. that's part of it. You know, otherwise you're going to just like, nope, I'm out of here and then leave. And then it's like, well, then you don't have a story. Like, then you're not, you're not right. really playing. <laughs> you know, horror makes for great one shots. I mean, it's one reason we talk about Halloween one shots a lot. And you know, we don't talk about mm-hmm. whatever Thanksgiving one shots uh, on the show. <laughs> very this much. year, this year, we got to do a Thanksgiving one shot. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and in the end there, you just, it's all about learning what you're thankful for, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, yeah. well, I'm uh, oh. I'm pleased with our uh, little table there, mm-hmm. and I actually kind of enjoyed doing that enough that um, I wouldn't mind doing this sort of thing in future episodes. But, uh, dear listener, if you had an opinion about what you just experienced, by all means, let us know. Yeah, keep it keep it yourself because you're getting more of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, Andy, I had a, another thing that I wanted to to bring up with you, not just to make this a, a brainstorming session, yeah. but um, so for so the one shot that I'm going to be running, I think I want to use this system called lasers and feelings have, have you read this rpg are you familiar with it at all not at all no so the the concept behind lasers and feelings is is really simple and so it's i think john harper wrote it originally right so he did blades in the dark so of course i'm like oh this is great right because <laughs> it's yeah no blades in the dark guy um but the so lasers and feelings you you do like a quick kind of character creation, but then mechanically what happens throughout the game is you have, um, you just roll like, you just roll D6s. You might roll multiple D6s, but for the most part, right, you just, you roll a D6 and take, take the number and depending on like, depending on if the roll is for lasers or feelings, you, you're trying to hit or you're trying to beat, beat a target number or go below a target number. So if you've decided that your character is really good at lasers sort of stuff, so like shooting things or punching things, that sort of stuff, like a, a lasery, <laughs> lasery type of type of thing, um, you might say like, I think you'd want to like, you'd pick the number five. So every time that you rolled lasers, you wanted to roll under five to, to be successful. Uh, feelings then, right? So like if you were heavy on feelings, then you might want to pick like the number two then instead, because then anytime you roll above two for feelings, you would then succeed. 
at that point. Um, whereas, so if you were more of a feelings oriented person and pick that two, anytime that you had to shoot something, you know, you'd want to be rolling under two, which is going to be pretty tough. Does that make sense? Sort of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I mean, I think I get the general idea. My question is yeah. when do you make a decision about whether you are going to be someone who's good at like the lasers and the feelings? Do you do that up front before the scenario or is that something you do during the game itself? Yeah, you do that as sort of as part of your character creation. So that's when you okay. pick your target number. So if you decided that you're both you're good at lasers and feelings, you would pick like three, right? And then it's just you know it gives you okay. a little better odds on. on oh, everything. that makes sense. Okay, I yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then if you if you roll your number exactly, then you get laser feelings, and then something special happens. Yeah, <laughs> is is the idea. Um, okay. So it's like a pretty simple system. You know, this is oriented towards running sort of space opery. Um, scenarios where there is a lot of shooting and there's a lot of feelings, that sort of mm. thing. So people have taken this concept and then spun it out and they've made their own rule sets for, for other stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, you know, the concept of lasers and feelings, like you can just reskin that, but still use the same mechanics. Um, so that's what I want to do for the one shot then okay. <laughs> is uh, I think just use this because I think like it's going to be, I should back up a second and kind of explain the, the setup for it, which is going to sound crazy but i'm gonna say it. so the the setup for this one shot is that the players are playing characters from a tv show from the 90s from a sitcom from the, the 90s called sounds good to me so they're all part of the the good family um and they're they're actually playing inside of a special halloween episode from that sitcom with that in mind then so i want to take this lasers and feelings concept and then yeah like kind of reskin it for for the game that we're going to be doing so I guess, first of all, I guess my question is, right, like, so what do I call lasers and what do I call feelings? It seems to me that that kind of depends on whether you want the uh, one shot to be about. So first of all, is it a spooky thing? Is it like, does it fall in the category of horror or not at all? It'll be spoopy. So it'll be like more like um, the Charlie Brown Halloween special, okay. like yeah. that end of things, like s- scary stuff will happen it would be scary to the pe- people that it's happening to, but to those of us who are watching it, it's not that scary at all. Got it. Right. Yeah. Well, like the first thing I thought was, Oh, in like a horror scenario, you could, mm-hmm. you would change those to be like fight and flight or, yeah. you know, oh, something yeah. like that. But if the characters maybe don't perceive themselves as being in a horror scenario, what mm-hmm. are like the, what are the skills that like you see actors using in yeah. terrible nineties television? Right. So, yeah. Are you, is this like Saved by the Bell? Is that like... Yeah. Yeah, like Saved by the Bell, Full House. Yeah. So the thing that I was thinking along those lines is, right, like, so those sorts of characters will often interact with the the story and sort of the world around them, either through, like, one-liners and jokes um, or through, like, wisdom and, mm, yep. like, let's sit down and have a lecture about, you know, how we should really treat our friends. That's a fantastic way to think about it. If you divided the basically the two skills of the game mm-hmm. into, yeah, like that kind of aggressive, like maybe snarky witticism versus yeah. like, you know, wise reflection, will that lend itself to dealing with the challenges you anticipate throwing at them? I think so. So like wits and wisdom. It matters a little bit whether the scenario is about getting besieged by zombies mm-hmm. or finding yeah. out who stole somebody's watch or something like that, right? 
that it's going to be more along the who who's you know who stole whose watch that sort of thing um okay. so if there is a punch thrown it would be like like whatever the jock character in the sitcom is like throws one punch and knocks out the bad guy right so it's not like a yeah there would not be this yeah big grandiose back and forth <laughs> slugfest um who are the archetypes that like the characters either will be or they'll be able to choose from yeah um so they're gonna get to choose they're gonna we're gonna start with character creation so the first like 30 or 45 minutes will be character creation stuff i want to spend a significant amount of time on that because i think it'll be pretty fun but those i'm going to tell them right like the the idea is that they want to pick um yeah pick archetypes like uh so if you think about full house that's actually a really good example okay like you have like the stable dad right like the stable dad figure who who's always sort of giving those lectures and life lessons to people and then you have the the uncle who's like the the hot uncle who you know plays music you know, you know that and then you have the comedian uncle in that and then like yeah then all the you know the girls and stuff um have their own sort of flavor so you have that and then saved by the bell obviously has like you know the jock the nerd yeah the cheerleader those those archetypes as well i have to say i'm really intrigued by by like one-liners are such an omnipresent yeah. and catchphrases are such an omnipresent yeah. thing in this TV. Like this yeah. has to somehow be a thing that's mechanically recognized. I know. I'm trying to think about how to how to work that in. I'm thinking that every time that they roll, they will have to support their role with a statement, like with a one-liner or with a, Ooh. you know, like words of wisdom would be the thoughts. So it's like you roll and like, yeah, you have the mechanic, but then you also have to say say the sort of thing that a character would say right then <laughs> yeah yeah which i mean is a little bit i mean i think for the players that are playing that will actually be fun yes. like they're yeah this would be a, an absolute nightmare with some <laughs> with with some kind of people but i mean like you know like so like they get lost in the corn maze you know and someone's gonna like roll to get out of the corn maze and try to make the right turn or something it's like if they roll well and they rolled wit i don't know what they'd say like I guess, you know, I guess I'm better at directions than you were right. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be good, right? It's just got to be something that sort of moves it along. You are going to have a laptop nearby with like a laugh track, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, <that> you, <laughs> you can trigger at points. Okay. Yeah. Um, everybody forget you heard that. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, we can cut. We can edit that out. Though. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one thought. Like, if that becomes burdensome, we might not do it. But, I mean, yeah. I do think that everybody should have a one-liner that they they say, uh, that they can say if they want to at some point. And we'll we'll probably spend a little bit of time during character creation on that. Yeah, for um, sure, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if we've really answered your question. But, I mean, I think you're mm -hmm. on the right, I think you're on mm -hmm. the right track. I personally really like that, you know, whether you call that sick burn or word and versus uh, words of yeah. wisdom you know you, you know something yeah. I, that's a good you know dichotomy that would cover most kinds of conflicts whether they were social or physical or oh sick burn yeah that would be good. <laughs> i'll have to look up um all that slang that i've thankfully forgotten by now so all one that... one thing i gotta ask about lasers and feelings so a thing i associate with role-playing games that support a horror feeling is often um, some kind of uh, resource management. Mm. Um, and I'm just curious, like in Call of Cthulhu, you have your sanity that you're juggling. Uh, you know, all games have some form of resource management, but I find in horror games, you know, it sometimes helps to make it really, um, you know, blatant. I'm just curious 
if there are any kind of like mechanical stakes or resources that that um, lasers and feelings has that could be leveraged. If not, hmm. I mean, you don't need these things. These things can also just come out of like the narrative, right? But um, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I don't think lasers and feelings has that necessarily, but um, it's something I could add. I mean, like, so one thing I thought about it, right, is like, so we're playing like a sitcom episode, right? But we're going to be playing for two or three hours, right? Like it'd be interesting and fun to some, put some sort of time limit hmm. on it in some fashion. So whether that's real world time, every five minutes equals one minute in the show, or something like that, like, and actually like stick to it pretty well too. So maybe after a half an hour, there's a commercial break. We cut to commercial and then we come back and we can kind of reset the scene um, to whatever we want, those sorts of things. Or yeah, or it's just like you only have 30 collective actions throughout the thing and each of those represents a minute. And then at the end of it, like we're done. And so it's, it's sort of up to you, like up to the, the group to create a satisfying story in those, in those beats. You know, um, I mean, there's a million ways you can do it. Any of the ways you just described would work. But what did spring to mind are like Blades in the Dark style clocks. It's a 42 minute episode. Yeah. You have it divided up and here's the first commercial break and the second one. You know, I don't know how I don't know how on the nose you want to be with this. But uh. yeah, I might do that. I think that that could be pretty fun. Yeah, I, I like the idea of having some of those trappings to sort of fall back on just in case like the yeah laugh track or yeah, yeah or having having a commercial break. We can just insert that if like if they're not quite going anywhere or if there's like a big reveal, we can go like cut to commercial. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like part of it, I mean like I want it, I don't want to scare anyone because there's so much else going on right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it's just like, we're, we are having fun and that's sort of the purpose of it, but we're having fun within this framework of like this spoopy sitcom thing that for whatever reason we collectively like. Yeah. (laughs) That all actually is really helpful. Thank you for talking through that. Yeah, I so, don't know if yeah. we gave you any concrete ideas, but maybe just um, maybe just chatting about this uh, will get your creative juices flowing a little bit. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, there, so I'm running it for some friends of mine um, in a couple weeks, and then after that, my wife really likes the idea, so she has gotten together some of her friends. So I'm going to be running it for them, oh, how them as well, which will be an experience because I think most of them haven't played any sort of role playing game before. They just th- think it'll be fun. So I'm I'm fully expecting that to be a glorious train wreck, but a very fun one. Well, there's so much. There's a lot of goodness there. I mean, anytime you can play with total newbies is always yeah. just like talk about recharging your gming enthusiasm like oh, yeah. uh that's the way to do it you know we ought to we ought to throw this on the table of topics for future discussion but there's a real joy in running the same scenario for different groups mm-hmm. um, especially oh, yeah. really different groups like it sounds like you're gonna have um yeah but so i can't wait to hear like your recap on how those go yeah uh, okay all right well we've we have rambled on too long um yeah thanks every, thanks to everybody who has listened to the show we really appreciate it um yeah if you want to reach out and tell us anything that you liked or you didn't like you can um our email addresses i think are on the website or you can find us anywhere else um yeah hey uh, know, tell tell us something us. spooky that can happen in a warehouse yeah yeah <laughs> and we will we'll let you know if it has made the table or not that's right bonus points yeah. if it happened to you in real life yeah yeah, I actually really would like to hear everybody's spooky warehouse stories because those places are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> but, but tune in next uh, week as we'll pick another boring location and try to, <laughs> make, it try to make it interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. cool. All right. Well, I've been Chris Alsman. I have been Andy Rao. And remember, if your players are having fun, you're a great GM. Bye.